What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Nicole Yang and Chris Grenham, and we've got trade rumors, or at least I don't even know if we would call them trade rumors, but we've got trade speculation. The one that's kind of like floating around a little bit is Damian Lillard. Sean Strania of The Athletic wrote that a bunch of teams are kind of eyeing the Lillard situation and are ready to pounce if it looks like there's any opportunity that he might be available. Um, Chris Mannix basically said the Celtics are in good position to trade for Dame if they want to. What do you guys think? My first reaction to the Dame speculation is that Jalen Brown would have to be included going back to Portland. That is something that a lot of Celtics fans probably would not like, but you got to face the facts if you're considering trading for Damian Lillard. And yeah, Jalen Brown would have to be included in that package. So that was my first reaction. The other one that comes up for me with Lillard talk is timing because his salary does increase once you hit next uh, season's like calendar year or however you want to say it. So if you get him in the early off season, his contract is a little easier to move because it's less than it would be during next season's year. I don't even know how I'm saying that wrong. Like the calendar year for the 2021, 2022 season, if you could get him earlier, it would be advantageous just because you don't have to send as much salary out. I don't think you're going to really sucker the Portland Trailblazers into taking Tristan Thompson alongside Jalen Brown, even though that would work. You don't think the, the Celtics can pawn off a bad big man to the Blazers for the second year in a row? Actually, you know what? That's a pretty good point. They've had success in the past. Yeah, Nicole, what do you, what do you think? I mean, my first reaction was, wow, if the Celtics are going to do a deal with the Blazers, they better get Harry Giles included in the package as well. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that your first reaction to a potential Dame trade is, ooh, Harry Giles too? <laughs> no, I mean, my first reaction was was the same as Grenham's because you see some Twitter accounts like floating around deals that don't include Jalen Brown. And it's like, there's just no way like we're talking about Damian Lillard. So do the Celtics want to give up Jalen Brown and whatever else the package would consist of, but he would be the centerpiece for Damian Lillard. And another thing I saw floated around on Twitter was some people saying like, oh, well, like the Celtics are basically just going to do a repeat of the Kemba deal. Like they're going to get this aging point guard and you don't know how like he's gonna fare moving forward and I just do not agree with that I mean I guess you could say nobody really saw it coming with Kemba but like Damian Lillard and Kemba Walker are in different classes in my opinion so I don't really think that's a concern from my perspective I don't know that I agree that it's not a concern I think that it's certainly true that Damian Lillard and Kemba Walker are completely different classes of players like I don't think anybody would disagree with that I do think that the age thing is somewhat it's I think it's certainly worth considering because if you're gonna if the Celtics are gonna trade Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard I think the biggest thing is that they have to be convinced that is going to be a championship combination obviously you're bringing in a superstar but that superstar is 30 and 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 you're getting him for the remaining time that he is good and then when he stops being good is going to be like the end of your time with him you know you're you're not going to be able to do something like flip him at the end of that and turn him into other assets or anything like that like like I, I just don't think that's going to be on the table getting a second superstar next to Tatum is probably going to be difficult as Dame ages you know, I, I agree with you that the the Kemba versus Dame, like the kind of the the parallels there that have been drawn, um, aren't very accurate. But I do think that the the big contract and and just how uh, like how the timelines don't necessarily mesh unless they win a title right away would be a bit of a concern. 
I guess I should have specified I could see how a similar situation could be reached because James' contract is so huge. So if he does get injured or if anything does happen, yeah, you're in basically the exact same situation. So maybe they don't want to tie up that much money with a point guard at that stage in his career. However, I just think, like, I do think Dame is good enough paired with Jason Tatum and whatever other moves they would make to complement that would be a contender. Like, I I think that that's a strong enough upgrade where even without Jalen Brown, the Celtics should feel good about their standing. But I guess something else I forgot to say was, like, I kind of even doubt that he's going to be dealt. Like, I'm not completely convinced that he's even going to be traded. We'll see. Like, the most reporting we've gotten is that people are monitoring, which, of course, like based on his Instagram caption and them getting booted from the first round four out of the past five years. Like, of course, people are now sort of like, oh, like, is it time? Like, is he going to want out of Portland? But up until this point, Damian Lillard has given pretty strong indication that he wants to win in Portland and that he's he would love to be like a one team guy, sort of like everybody. And at the end of the day, of course, like winning a championship supersedes that. But I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they try and win him over with their coaching high or maybe they trade, I know they're friends, but maybe they trade CJ McCollum or make some other moves and give it another go because he's under contract through the 24-25 season, right? So they do have some time there. Of course, like he is aging and maybe his value will decline, but... I, I could see a scenario where they definitely try to make some moves around him to try and, you know, convince him that they're still in win now mode moving forward. Say that goes bad. I could see a scenario playing out where maybe he wants out mid season or something like that. And they have to start exploring that mid season. But I kind of agree in my mind, at least it's much more likely that we see Dame on the market actually on the market rather than teams just expressing interest actually on the market mid season than in the offseason. Again, this is all speculative because we don't really know if he's actually going to be on the market this summer. Here's, here's my thought on, on why I think Damian Lillard will get traded this offseason. When you look at how the, the Blazers could restructure their team around Dame, it's really hard to do. Because like yeah. I just don't think CJ is going to bring back that much. Like I, He'll bring back something. He's a good player. I don't know that CJ is going to bring back a player who is as good as CJ. So at that point, it's like, what are the Blazers doing? Like, they're not going to be contenders. Obviously, like you could try trading CJ. You could, you know, you could do all that. If you trade Dame, maybe this would be a selling high moment. Right now, his value is like as high as it's ever going to be. Like he he was ridiculous in the playoffs. He is a super, super star, top 10 player, no questions asked. If you move him, you can demand Jalen Brown. You can demand probably multiple first round picks alongside Jalen Brown, whether to the Celtics or somebody else. I just think that they're going to get a lot of real intriguing offers. I mean, that's a fair evaluation. I still don't know if he's going to get traded because I do think some of it is just reactionary to the Blazers getting bounced from the playoffs and maybe it'll cool down as the offseason goes on. But I definitely see your point. Yeah, Nicole, I I agree with that latter point. But Tom, you also did a pretty good job selling that, I'll be honest. And when you look further into like organizationally where the Blazers are, it might actually be a pretty good time to push a sell high move. They're pretty backed up in terms of salary cap, kind of like the Celtics. They don't have a lot of wiggle room there. And who are their young guys that they could really package in a deal to go out and bring someone else to play with alongside Dame that's going to, you know, convince Dame to stay through the next season or not demand a trade next March. You know what I mean? Or next February. Organizationally, they're in a really tight spot. A lot of times it leads to a sell high move. 
just because it's easier to kind of restart rather than just running in this middling Western Conference circle that it really seems like they're sort of stuck in right now. So I don't think Dame is going to demand a trade anytime soon, but I could certainly see if the Blazers are looking at it from Tom's perspective and say, hey, we don't really have a lot of space to do much here. Now's our shot to sell high while we can. Let's do it. Then maybe he gets shipped out without a demand. Like that's totally possible. I haven't experimented much with like the trade machine or like done any like real digging into what the package would consist of beyond Jalen Brown what would it be like Jalen plus wouldn't Jalen and I know this wouldn't get it done but wouldn't like money wise Jalen and Tristan Thompson alone work yeah that okay would hey we should they should give him a call <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah but so I mean you know like and Tristan Thompson makes nine million so I, I mean you can piece you know something together like even if you went Jalen Romeo Neesmith and I you know I don't think the Celtics would love that for obvious reasons but like something like that would work like as long as you start to as long as you include Jalen it's not that hard if you don't include Jalen then it starts to get borderline impossible so I don't know what everybody who was on Twitter saying like x y or z like it not only is it impossible from a the Blazers won't accept it without Jalen uh perspective it's also impossible from a money perspective I think or like unless it was like Kemba and then it's like, I mean, what are we doing here? So also, if you're if you're the Celtics and you're trying to add on some young contracts alongside Jalen Brown, this is a team whose bench already sucked. So then you're going to take potentially the only rotation guys you have coming back and send them up. Like that puts them in a very difficult position too. So there's not really, it's certainly not an easy deal for Boston by any means. We've established it. It's Jalen and Tristan Thompson. <laughs> Make the call, Brad. How many picks are you looking at if it's just Jalen and Tristan or I don't know how many it would be. I don't think it would be that many. I mean, Jalen is a really good, young, valuable player on a long-term deal. You would be trading your best player for a player who would come back and be your best player. Dame's a superstar. Dame's better than Jalen. But like, you're getting back, you're getting back a young star who like, what do we think Jalen would look like as the best player on a pretty good offensive-minded team? Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> and him and CJ are friends from the NBA PA. Yeah. Yeah. Am I crazy in thinking though, that you might have to throw on a, an additional draft asset or two, if you are trying to get them to take Tristan Thompson's contract. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm only half kidding. <laughs> no, no. I, I think that's a legitimate concern. Like, well, I, I guess maybe not a first rounder, maybe, but like just additional assets into the deal. Yeah, right? I think that's fair. The thing about Tristan, though, is that he is expiring after this year. Like he's only got he's expiring. Money, yeah, so it's not that bad a hit. It's like not the not- beginning of his nine million dollar annual salary. Yeah, Jalen in that system would be pretty fun. Oh, it'd be fun. He would put up some numbers. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have real concerns about that trade. I, I, I mean, I think Dame is as, as good as anybody, but I just, the timeline is, you know, the timeline is scary because I don't know. I mean, Dame and Tatum is disgusting and like, they would just do like incredible things on a basketball court, yeah. but like your competition is the Nets, man. Like your competition is KD, Kyrie and James Harden. Like we just watched them absolutely demolish the Bucks and do it without without James Harden. So during the Celtics Net series, we talked so much about how the Celtics just can't score points in a hurry. And of course that was then down Jalen Brown. But like Dame scored how many points in like 50 seconds in that game five? Like Jason Tatum and Damian Lillard, that's tough. Well, when, when we talked about potentially trading for James Harden, one of the things we said was like, imagine if Tatum had another guy who just could be like, who, who's just a go-to pick and roll. Like, I mean, you know, basically his equal or better offensively. Dame is another one of those guys. That is a tough team. It would be, it would be really, really fun. 
Like, I, I worry about the timeline. Uh, but at the same time, like, Dame has shown no signs of, like, slowing. So, yeah. you know, this isn't like Kemba where it's like he's a six-foot guard who, you know, like, like who you just don't know how he's going to age or anything like that. Like, Dame has shown no signs of any of that. And he's also bigger. I don't know. I certainly see the vision. The other kind of trade buzz that, that's kind of been going around is right now the Celtics have the best odds of any team um, per bet online to uh, trade for a Chris Stapps Porzingis. You can trade him for Kemba uh, one for one straight up. And I, there's plenty of reason on the uh, on the Mavericks side to want to get rid of Porzingis and maybe bring in a another ball handler to help out Luka. I am not so convinced that this one would be good for the Celtics, but what do you guys think? This makes way more sense for the Mavericks than it yeah. does for the Celtics. <laughs> you know, you get that ball handler alongside Luca and you get, you finally get a point guard in there. Like there's not a whole lot in this equation that makes me think that Chris Stops would work out well in Boston. He doesn't bring an element of playmaking, which the Celtics could really use. He's got a bad injury history. And what makes people think that someone who is unhappy being behind Luka Doncic would be happy being behind Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? How does that, he would not be happy at all. So sure, maybe it's just a bad situation. Maybe it would work out in Boston. Everything we've seen over the last couple of years with Porzingis leads me to believe pretty confidently that it would not work out. I don't think there's a great role fit. I don't think situationally it would work out that well. And injury wise, it's not really a step up from Kemba Walker. People aren't happy with Kemba's durability. Well, you're not going to like Kristaps Porzingis' durability either. If you want to trade Kemba Walker this offseason, do you think that's the best return the Celtics can get? It might be. You might be able to grab a couple like lower profile assets and combine probably a better return than Porzingis, but Porzingis is probably up there. Like I, I don't, I don't think Kemba's market is very good at all. Counterpoint is that Kristaps Porzingis is signed. He has a player option in 2023-2024. He is under contract for a minute. I mean, Porzingis, I, I, I kind of see the vision in that you would get some floor spacing. And I think the one thing that you might get is if Porzingis can give you anything, at least then you're not just talent draining, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're not just like sending out more stuff to just get off Kemba because good Lord, this team has just watched so much talent just run down the drain. There is that. But at the same time, I mean, I just don't know how much you're actually, how much talent you're actually getting back in Chris Stapps Porzingis at this stage. Would they be able to hang on to their picks? Certainly more than they would, I think, in a potential Jalen Brown Dame package, right? You're really helping out Dallas more than you're helping them. Like, I, yeah, yeah I, think, I think you'd be able to hang on to your picks. Like, Dallas gets more out of that than I think the Celtics do. So if they can hang on to their first round picks and if dealing Kemba is a priority, I can kind of see why Brad might be inclined to do that deal. If getting rid of Kemba is one of their offseason priorities, which I don't really know where they stand on that. I'm sure they want more information on the knee. I don't really buy necessarily that it was an isolated bone bruise, completely unrelated to the rest of his knee problems. So I don't think he's ever going to play a back-to-back, and I think he's going to be heavily load-managed if he stays on the Celtics. I don't think it's the worst deal in the world. I do think that's a fair counterpoint where a lot of this depends on how far up the to-do list getting off Kemba's contract is. This might be their best option. Like I, I think that's a very fair counterpoint. So that being said, you are then all of a sudden getting back Kristaps Porzingis' contract and his... <laughs> Which also <health> stinks. <laughs> right. So who knows then maybe now you have this problem on your hands, but if they're trying to shake things up... I, I get a lot of like Russell Westbrook, John Wall trade vibes with this, with yeah. this potential deal. And it's really sad. <laughs> 
That's uh, that's so tough for Kemba. I mean, I think the other thing the Celtics have going for them is that like they wrote the blueprint for how to keep Kemba healthy for a season. I mean, he he did pretty well. He was pretty healthy toward the end of the season, and then like yeah, I mean, I I mean he also yeah like like you were- as Tom is saying this, you can see we can see him processing in his head like no, actually he wasn't that healthy toward the end. The thing of the season. is though, is it's like it's almost and it could be totally different, but it's just so hard not to think that it is. Well, there's some boy who cried wolf there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and you look at the bubble and how he started off great and everything was fine and they managed him all throughout the practices and the regular or the quote-unquote regular season games and then he just fell apart and the same Mm -hmm. thing happened and it's like I don't know it's only gonna get tougher for him and and it sucks because you can tell he really really wants to play and he seems like such a good person but it is impossible not to see these piled up injuries and be like oh this is this is not good look Kemba just wants to be out there Kemba loves hooping maybe the organization does have faith in Kemba for one more year because he is going to have an extended offseason and presumably next season there won't be as many back-to-backs and it won't be on such a condensed schedule maybe that's the hope that being said like they're still going to heavily load manage him which then it's like you look at some of the back-to-backs the Celtics lost this season and how that affected one just affected their place in the standings and their win-loss record but two maybe their chemistry and things like that and building on court cohesion so I I don't know it's tough I kind of feel like there's just like some there's some momentum you know toward Kemba being traded and like I think I think we are often more cautious than the Celtics are I think there's a good chance that they figure out something with Kemba that seems you know that seems to be the priority this offseason is to try to move on from that one way or another Grenham, do you want to uh, bring us into our uh, draft segment here? All right. Our Genotype draft is brought to you by, of course, our friends at Shades on Beer Company, the makers of the Genotime Stout. If you're a Celtics fan in Rhode Island, be sure to check out Shades on Beer Garden and Tasting Room in West Kingston. The Genotime Stout won't be available until later in the summer, but they have plenty of other fantastic beers. So if you're a Celtics fan in Rhode Island, we highly suggest going to the Shades on Beer Garden and Tasting Room in West Kingston. Tonight, I think we are drafting between two potential trade targets. Is that correct, Tom? That is correct, Granham. First one we have is everybody's going to have to pick one. Who would you choose between Kemba for Porzingis or Kemba for Al Horford? I think, oh boy, that is tough. I would, I really don't like Kristaps Porzingis' fit. And I'm not saying Al Horford has a clean injury history by any means. He's a he's an aging vet as well, but Kristaps Porzingis is not an aging vet. He's like 25, but... I just think Horford's fit would be so much better. I think there's a lot of red flags when I look at Porzingis on this current Celtics roster. So I'm going to take Horford solely because I don't like the alternative with Porzingis. So the money kind of sucks either way. Like, obviously, the reason why this works is because they have an equally expensive contract as Kemba Walker. So you're going to take on a lot here. I think for me, with Al Horford, you kind of know what you're getting. Brad obviously is fond of Al Horford, but the guy is 35. I don't think he'll cause any like ruckus or fuss. Like, I don't think it's going to be an issue with Al Horford. Like, I think he's at the point in his career where he's happy to just continue to collect a paycheck and he'll be in a space where he's familiar, an organization where he's familiar. He liked the Boston area. He likes the organization, things like that. So with the Horford situation, like, I can see why that would be appealing. And of course, he'll be able to give you uh, maybe not prime like 2017-18 Celtics Al, but like, he'll still be able to give you something. 
But like Kristaps Porzingis is 25 years old. There's potential there. Now it could completely not work. And I totally understand the concerns about fit. The ceiling might be higher, I guess, if it does work out with Kristaps because he's only 25. And if he can stay healthy and if it is a better system for him than the Mavs, like, of course, he'll still be overshadowed by Jason Tatum. But I don't know. I, I think that there could be some intrigue with Kristaps. And I, I do wonder, I mean, in terms of a package, like we were just saying how you could probably do Kemba and him straight up. Or you definitely have a case where you wouldn't have to give up a first rounder. I wonder whether Sam Presti's gonna let Brad get away with that. I think there's compelling reasons for both, and I'll probably say I would go with Kristaps. Sam Presti will demand approximately nine second rounders <laughs> alongside Gemma. I am going to Horford because I don't like Kristaps Porzingis that much. I mean, I think the fact it helps that um, Horford has a year less. The other thing about Horford that I like is that he and Rob, I mean, Rob loves him. Uh, you know, Rob will talk about how much, you know, Al Horford did for him any chance he gets. And I think Brad did too. And I think Nicole touched on this before. Another reason why I would go with Horford, other than the fact that Porzingis is fit, puts my mind in a pretzel. Brad Stevens' approach as a coach, it just lends way more to the Horford side than it does to the Porzingis side. Like, I could see Brad loading up on vets at some point in his early portions of his tenure, and I could see Al Horford being one of those guys, potentially, if the right deal comes along. That's what I was about to say is Al Horford, if Brad had to make a decision, probably would be the choice because he is a veteran and the Celtics are in need of that and Brad loves them. So, so I guess, do you guys think that it'll be one of those? Do you think it's these two or do you think this is way too idealistic and we're looking at something more less exciting, basically? I don't think that bringing on Al Horford's money or Kristaps Porzingis' money is particularly idealistic. That's how sad the situation is because I yeah. think they're literally the best two options. Well, yeah, that might there, be there, there could be a lower profile scenario here where Brad's just trying to load up on maybe some vets or something and he brings in multiple guys similar to the coaching search. Maybe there's the candidate out there that we're not even hearing about or considering. Unlike the coaching search, we actually have access to everybody's money and there just aren't that many options out there. Like That's coaching search very... anybody. Like all right, so then the other trade that we have, uh or the other the other draft, I guess, that we have lined up here, Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. So it's interesting because like obviously I think Damian Lillard is a better player than Bradley Beal. However, like Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum are best friends. So if you bring in Bradley Beal, you sort of lock up Jason Tatum for however many years Bradley Beal's here and maybe beyond if they win a title. So with Dame though, you have that potential to win a title, but if you don't win it in that short window that we sort of described earlier, basically Tatum's the rest of Tatum's max contract, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going elsewhere. Cause like in terms of his age and like that class, like I feel like he's going to be one of the guys that is involved in those recruiting talks or that is trying to form a super team or that people are going to want to have on his team. And like you see, especially with like team USA, like that's, I think Brian Windhorst reported this back when it happened, but that's how like the heatles were formed at the 2008, like Beijing Olympics. I could totally see Jason Tatum like getting recruited by other people. So if you want to lock him down, I think Beal's the move. And I think the the package is pretty similar because Jalen's just yeah. so good at this point that like I, I really don't think there's going to be a difference there. But I, I think I'll go Bradley Beal for the pure factor of their besties. And that means you probably have Tatum locked up for some time. 
I think that's the way you have to go here. The floor with the Lillard scenario is, in my mind, significantly lower than at least a long-term floor than you're looking at with Bradley Beal. People have almost been like making fun of the Jason Tatum-Bradley Beal friend relationship portion of this scenario. I think it's because Bill Simmons talks about it a lot and people like to jump all over that stuff, but... It's a very important factor. If you acquire Damian Lillard and this all goes to shit very quickly, Jason Tatum is gone. But without question in my mind, he is gone. And if you are the front office, especially a new front office regime, even though Mike Zarin's still going to be there and stuff, if you're Brad Stevens, you need to make sure Jason Tatum isn't going anywhere. If he showed, if you learned anything from this really stressful season, it's that Jason Tatum could be an MVP at some point. He's a legitimate superstar. You need to keep him around. And Bradley Beal is a damn good way to do that. He's also a really, really good scorer. What does Bradley Beal do to the Celtics ceiling if you're getting rid of Jalen Brown? I'm not quite sure. It's not as high as I think I once thought it was. And that's a legitimate concern because if you're giving up Jalen Brown and maybe additional assets, you want that ceiling to be raised significantly. Jalen Brown is a damn good player. And so you need to be getting a return that's going to significantly raise the season. So that is the main red flag for me. The the Damian Lillard side of this, I worry about long-term what goes on here. He's getting a lot of money, and if it doesn't work out, you could be looking at a really ugly long-term plan here where Jason Tatum potentially leaves. So I'll go Beal just because I like the floor a lot better, but the ceiling is a serious concern for me. Tom mentioned the timeline earlier when we were talking about Dame, and Dame's 30 and Bradley Beal's 27, so it's a little bit more on par there. I think it's a lot more on par. Three years is not, like, that's a lot. I mean, three years ago, it was, uh, you know, three years ago, Terry Rozier played for the Celtics. Like, uh, <laughs> three years is a long time in the NBA. So, yeah, no, I, I think I think that's very legitimate. I mean, I, I'm also going to go Beal. I, I guess to make the case for Dame, I think the Celtics are better contenders in the short term with Dame. Dame Agreed. Tatum is disgusting. Beal Tatum, also disgusting. Dame, I think, is is the pinnacle, right? Where it's just like, not only do you have Tatum who just kills you, you also have Dame who, like, can shoot from the logo and, you know, makes defenses panic. I mean, can you imagine the kinds of lanes that would be available to Jason Tatum to the basket? He was getting triple teamed in the in that series against <laughs> the Nets. You're not triple teaming. You're, you were never triple teaming uh, Jason Tatum with Damian Lillard on the floor. I, I just think that, like, you're you're better contenders with Dame. I think both Dame and Tatum are getting kind of reputations as guys who other guys around the league respect and might want to play with. Like, I think guys really deeply, like, respect Dame. I mean, every time he goes off, the entire league, every player in the league is tweeting about him. So I think that's kind of interesting, is that I I, I don't know how the Celtics could utilize that recruiting, but, like, if two years down the line some of these contracts start coming off the books and, like, maybe they're able to open up some space or, like, kind of keep their salary situation under control, and if Dame continues to be good into, like, you know, his 32, 33 seasons, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe having those two guys who, again kind of have some like it factor and some cool factor around the league. Maybe that helps as well. All of that is to say that I would still take Bradley Beal because I think people like to, you know, kind of make fun of like the Beal Tatum relationship, but I think it's not only, it's, it's not only very real. I think it's actually understated. Um, I don't think people like realize the extent to which these guys are really good friends. And I mean, have been like family since they were really young. I mean, they, I mean, you never see Tatum show the kind of enthusiasm that he shows for Bradley Beal whenever he's asked, like whenever he was asked about him. Now he's kind of sick of being asked about him, but like he really wanted to play with, with Beal 
deal in the all-star game. I mean, he, they are really good friends. And I mean, they went to the same high school, all this stuff. Like they're, they're really tight. Both of their children are named Deuce. Like, where do you think Tatum got that idea from? Yeah, it's, so again, it's very real. And I think, I think when you look at Beal's age, I think if you get Beal, you really are locking up Jason Tatum for a long time. Like he's going to be, he's going to be on your team for a long time. You're showing him like, Hey, we care enough about you to uh, like bring in your best friend. Like, I think there's, I think there's value there too. So all of that is to say both Beal and Dame would be incredible options. I I remain convinced that Tatum and Jalen can be really good if the team is built around them correctly. But, you know, in, in a in a binary choice between Beal and Dame, I'll go with Beal because I think that doing that keeps your 23-year-old MVP candidate around longer, which seems like a good thing. This podcast has convinced me that the Celtics are going to make like a big-ish trade or like somewhat of a splash this offseason. So I've been thinking that for like a few days and that was actually what I was trying to hint at without like saying it on the pod the other day when I was like, um, when I said that I think that people are maybe underestimating how in Brad might be willing to go this offseason because yeah, I think I mean, this team struggled a lot this past season. And yeah, you could you could run it back with this same team and you could you could try again if you do and, and it doesn't work out. I think you have to start worrying about what that does to the trade value or to, to you know, to the, the value of some of the players on your team. Like mm-hmm. right now, I mean, I think there I think there's some real momentum in that direction, just like not from like, a, you know, all oh, my sources are telling me perspective, but just from like an like, look, look around, you know, like, just kind of like use your brain. Like, there's a reason that like, I don't know, there's a reason that people are um, that, that all the the fake uh, reporters who claim to have sources and don't are saying, oh, expect the Celtics to be involved in Dame Willard talks. Like, like all they're doing is like uh, connecting some dots, <laughs> connecting some logical conclusions. And right. uh, just because those guys don't actually have sources doesn't mean that, you know, that, that the, the logical dots aren't there to, to connect. All right, guys. Well, I think we can leave it there. Thank you to everybody who uh, listened. Thank you to everybody, especially thank you to everybody who left a a five-star review. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to get in touch and we will talk to you all again later this week.